Welcome to the Real Loss Boss Podcast. Hello, welcome to episode 25 of the Real Loss Boss Podcast. Yes, we have reached quarter of a century. Um, and this episode, to celebrate 25 episodes of the Real Loss Boss Podcast, we are going to be discussing support tools for your weight loss journey. Okay, before I get into support tools for your weight loss journey, first things first, as Peter Cowley said, well, as if first things will be last, but anyway, first things first, um, fat loss. Continuous fat loss is caused by one thing and one thing only, and that is going into a calorie deficit, okay? Consuming less energy than you burn, and that is how you reduce any type of stored energy. I always use the analogy of, you know, you might have a pile of logs in your garden for your wood burner. And if you want less logs in your garden, you simply, you know, burn logs on your wood burner or your real fire. And if you want to reduce the pile, you buy less logs. It's that simple. Um, same with your car. If you want to reduce petrol in your car, you might drive around and burn petrol. But if you want less petrol in your tank, for whatever reason, I don't know why that would be something that you'd want to do. But anyway, um, you would simply, you know, if I burn 40 quid worth of petrol, if I put 20 quid back in, I have reduced the stored energy in my car. Body fat is just stored energy. That's all it is. And you need to use up those energy stores by consuming less calories than you burn. And that is a calorie deficit. Now, for me, there are two essentials to put your body into a healthy and sustainable calorie deficit. It's the only way I coach weight loss is methods that are healthy and sustainable. So what's healthy in terms of weight loss? Well, you know, making sure you're fueling the body correctly, making sure you're getting a decent amount of nutrition in there, um, making sure you're not feeling overly restricted. Um, why would feeling overly restricted not be healthy? Well, it's not healthy mentally. If you feel like you're punishing yourself to lose weight or you're missing out on things that you enjoy, and you never need to apologize for enjoying a piece of cake or the odd McDonald's. It's called life. Um, you know, it's not healthy mentally. And sustainable means you're going to stick to it. Right? That's the issue with all fad diets. I've done a previous podcast on fad diets. Um, they're unsustainable. You very rarely, or it is very rare, that someone sticks to a fad diet long enough to hit their weight loss goal. You've got 100 pounds to lose that is probably going to take you knocking on two years to lose that weight healthily and sustainably. So if you only manage to go to Slimming World for three months, you're not going to hit your goal, are you? So I only coach healthy and sustainable weight loss. I'm just going to touch back on that little segment I did at the beginning. I know I've talked about this loads before on, on different podcasts and when I do my social media lives and stuff like that. But whatever weight loss method you use, you consistently lose weight because it puts you into a calorie deficit. There's no magic tips or tricks to weight loss where certain weight loss methods trick your body into losing weight. A lot of people that promote things like intermittent fasting, the ketogenic diet, make out there is, there isn't. 
if you've consistently lost weight doing any type of diet stroke weight loss method in the past, it is because that diet stroke weight loss method has given you the tools to consume less energy than you burn over a period of time. Okay, so my philosophy around weight loss is calories. Why would it not be? I've said this recently. Uh, if you're following anyone on social media or you currently have a personal trainer or you're working with another weight loss coach, if they dismiss calories and the laws of thermodynamics, which is the consumption of less energy than we burn to reduce energy, basically, um, then I'll be honest with you, you need to just get them out of your life. I am not saying every single weight loss coach in the world needs to just be calories, 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 right? We all have our own methods. But if they dispel the need to understand weight loss or the basics of weight loss, which is calories in, calories out, then it's a massive red flag for me. Because, you know, I always say this, or, you know, it's kind of something that I've discussed recently. I always like to use little analogies. And, and I kind of thought about when we learned to drive. Long time since I learned to drive. But when we learned to drive, um, every single driving instructor in the UK will have their own little tips, tricks, quirks, as it were, to teach you how to drive, to do a three-point turn, to reverse around a corner, to do an emergency stop, to remember to check your blind spots and things like that. They'll all have their own little ways of teaching their uh, pupils how to do what is required to pass your driving test. But at the end of the day, they are all channeling to the same thing, right? A driving test is a driving test. And whatever they use to teach people how to drive, they're all sort of pushing towards one common goal. And that is, I have no idea how driving tests work anymore. I passed my driving test in 1997. So uh, when I passed my driving test, I think you're allowed six minors and it was about 40 minutes. Is it the same now? I have no idea. But anyway, you know, they're all, you know, they all have to meet the same criteria or standards so their pupils basically pass their test. Uh, and that's the same with weight loss. You know, lots of different coaches will have lots of different, you know, tips, tricks, quirks. But you should be educated on the basics, exactly how weight loss works. And again, for me, it's a big issue with fad diets. There's no education around weight loss. Anyway, I do look at calories. And I got told to go on a calorie-controlled diet the first time I went to uh, doctors with my obesity issues and then was... Um, uh, recommended or you know sent to a dietitian uh, and that dietitian I'm talking late 80s here early 90s also said Neil needs to go on a calorie controlled diet but they never talked about calories they literally the dietitian I went to I can picture it now I've still got PTSD around it you know I'm a 10 year old kid I'm sat in this office I'm not feeling great about myself anyway I know I was quite young so I probably didn't quite understand in a way what was going on but you know to have someone sit there and just go, here's a piece of paper. Neil can't eat this. Neil can eat that. That is basically what it was. And I remember it being pinned on our fridge at home. And to tell a 10-year-old kid, you can't have a McDonald's. Now, I'm not saying it's the worst thing in the world to not be able to eat McDonald's ever again. 
But, you know, as a 10-year-old kid, I'm literally sat there going, six weeks ago, it was a good friend of mine at school's birthday and we had the party at McDonald's. Does that mean I can't go to any anybody's birthday party that's at McDonald's? You know, these are the things that this dietitian didn't think about when giving the advice. Rather than teaching a bit of balance and a bit of understanding and, and, uh, and actually giving some education around weight loss, it was just black and white. Can't eat this, can eat this. But they never went into calories, right? And the doctor didn't either. I kind of know why the doctor didn't either. You know, not many GPs in the world have much nutritional knowledge. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. They don't, right? I've worked with my own GP uh, as, a, as a weight loss coach. I've worked with loads of nurses. I've worked with lots of people in, in, in the medical industry, as it were. Uh, and the only people in the medical industry that should have, you know, knowledge of nutrition is your dietitians, your nutritionalists. Um, anyway, so yeah, no education around calories at all. When I started my weight loss journey, I started to look at calories. It just kind of clicked with me. You know, I am a bit of a numbers person. Uh, so it just, yeah, it just worked with me. But you know, I've, I've worked with now, if I count people that are on my one-to-one -one plan and people that have come into my community, I've worked with well over a thousand people. And, you know, my success rate is, is, is decent. And I've had people obviously come into my community and on plan with me that aren't numbers people, but the way I explain it, the way I coach it, it has worked. So again, I'm not saying my method works for every single person, but in my current experience of working as an online weight loss coach for coming up three years. And uh, before I went online um, due to COVID, uh, I worked for two years as a one-to-one -one personal trainer. And um, yeah, looking at calories has worked for most of my clients. So I coach weight loss through calorie counting. I'm going to the root, I'm going to the root of the issue. I don't think there's anything worse than always shooting in the dark. And that's what you're doing at Slimming World. At the end of the day, you need to consume less calories than you burn. So why don't we just get rid of all the bump and go, right, you burn this many calories, you eat this many calories, you will consistently lose weight. Now, obviously, it's how you do that that is going to make it healthy and sustainably, which is, I suppose, my USP in a way. But at the end of the day, all you are doing when you stop eating carbs, when you stop eating between 8pm at night and 12pm the next day, when you start having a shake for your breakfast, a shake for your lunch and a bit of something for your tea, when you go to Slimming World, when you do Weight Watchers, you, you're shooting in the dark trying to achieve consuming less calories than you burn. So let's just get rid of all the bumps. Let's cut through all the BS and let's just, like I say, go to the root. Why has this never been approached before? So I would say actually calorie counting to lose weight has only really been popular, not since COVID, but maybe for the last four or five years. Um, yet calories have been around, or the understanding of calories have been around for, you know, lots and lots of years. And I'll tell you why I don't think many people have coached weight loss through going to the root is because people don't understand any of you watching this now if you're still going to slimming world and it's working for you i'm not gonna i'm not gonna overly diss it in this podcast but next time you go to slimming world 
ask your consultant, they're your weight loss coach, ask them about thermodynamics of weight loss. They should understand it. If they're coaching weights, yes, they should be proficient in the method of Slimming World because that's predominantly what they're coaching, but they should. Anyone that coaches weight loss, fat loss, should understand the basics. When I started to just looking at the basics, which is what I did from when I started my weight loss journey in 2014, I didn't quite do it the way I do now, but the way I coach weight loss now is based on the fundamentals, based on the basics of what I did at the start of my journey. Uh, obviously, things evolve, things have got tweaked, things have improved. My understanding and my knowledge has improved tenfold. But when I started understanding the basics, it kind of made me realise, right, this is why you're doing this. Okay, so I know I talk about calorie deficit a lot, but again, you're on a weight loss journey, a fat loss journey. That is what creates it. So it should be talked about a lot. So like I've already said in this podcast, I coach healthy, sustainable weight loss. And how I do that is by giving uh, my clients, or if you just come into my community, by the way, if you want to become a one-to-one client of mine, or you want to join my community, I will put all the links in the description of this podcast. Um, I give my clients a healthy, sustainable calorie allowance. So what is a healthy and sustainable calorie allowance? Well, I think there's two essentials that we need to put into place to create this healthy, sustainable calorie allowance. So a healthy, sustainable calorie allowance is an amount of calories that you're not going to feel restricted on, you're not going to um, feel hungry all the time on, you're going to have a bit of flexibility in food freedom so you can still enjoy some of the foods you love, but you're also going to see decent results on the scale while you stick to it. So it's that kind of balance, yeah? And the sustainability part, that's, that's kind of healthy part, and the sustainability part is because it's not overly restrictive it's not punishing you don't feel like you're missing out on things you can build weight loss into your life which is what i discussed in my previous podcast most people stick to it for a good period of time and i've had a good amount of clients that have stuck to it to hit their not only hit their weight loss goal i've had clients that have pushed way past their weight loss goal now don't get me wrong i'm not saying that they're losing more weight than they should be doing But sometimes, you know, my clients go, I want to lose this. And they get to that. And it's like, I'm going to carry on because, you know, I don't feel punished. I can build life in. I can enjoy, you know, me auntie's 60th, my kids' birthdays, my birthday, Christmas, a holiday. You know? So, um, to create this healthy, sustainable calorie deficit, two essentials. Number one which is quite an obvious one, you need to be more responsible with the calories you are consuming. And for me, there's two parts of that. Number one is obviously a reduction in calorie intake. And number two is, um, I mean, I know this covers, um, sorry. Rewind, rewind, right. Uh, Two essentials uh, is, um, yeah, Overall, be more responsible with your calories. But the two ways we do that is by improving your overall diet, right? And obviously watching portion control. I got there in the end. 
So that's how we be more responsible with our calories. So we improve what we're eating. If you're constantly eating takeaways, I'm not saying all takeaways are, are calorie dense, but a lot of them are. You know, if you go from eating five or six takeaways a week to eating one or two, you're being more responsible with your calories. If you go from, you know, always using full fat products to now using more lower fat products or zero fat products, by the way, the people that say full fat products are better than zero fat products are talking baloney. All right. um, it, it seems to be a common trend at the moment on social media. People going, you are much better eating full fat yogurt than zero fat yogurt. No, you're not. Full fat yogurt is full of saturated fat. Uh, I'm not saying it's stupidly unhealthy, but when calories are king when it comes to weight loss, you are better off eating something that is 60 calories per 100 grams than something that is 110 calories per 100 grams. Right? It, it, it really is that simple. Anyway, um, plus overconsumption of saturated fat might raise your LDL cholesterol, which later on in life could lead to heart disease, heart attack. So we want to be healthy. Um, okay, so yeah, be more responsible with your calories, overall diet, improving your overall diet, watching your portion sizes as well. So, you know, if you just stick to a calorie structure, which is what I coach my clients with, I give them a certain amount of calories for breakfast, lunch and dinner, uh, and they can eat what they want within me. You can eat what you want and lose weight. Now, I don't recommend that. But um, you technically could. But if you stick to a calorie structure, that is certainly going to help you with things like portion control because you might have constantly consumed 1,200 calories for your tea. And even if you're not improving your overall diet greatly, if you reduce the amount on your plate, so you go from eating 1,200 calories to your tea, uh, for your tea to 800 calories, obviously that's going to help. Uh, the other essential for me is having a decent level of daily movement. Now, I don't want you to feel like, you know, you're, you're a hamster in a wheel trying to earn your tea because you're entertaining people or whatever. You know, you're just constantly running around. I think a lot of people feel that's the case when it comes to getting steps in or going to the gym. You're trying to earn back or and it doesn't work like that. It's really, really simple. The more calories you burn on a day-to-day -day basis, yeah, the more calories you can consume while still being in a calorie deficit. I put most of my clients in a 500 calorie a day deficit. On average, 3,500 calories over a week. And, you know, it's really, really simple. If you burn 14,000 calories a week, that means your calorie deficit is going to be 10,500 calories a week, which is 1,500 calories a day. If you put the effort in to move a bit more and you increase your calorie burn to 17,500 calories a week, that means your calorie allowance, your calorie deficit allowance is 14,000 calories a week, which is 2,000 calories a day on average. And trust me, it is a lot easier, irrelevant of the amount of energy you burn, it is a lot easier to stick to 2,000 calories a day than it is 1,500. It's a lot easier to, to stick to 2,500 calories a day than it is 2,000. Um, and the easiest, simplest way for anybody to increase their overall calorie burn is to increase their step count, right? Really, really simple. What really cemented that to me was COVID. So many people put so much emphasis on exercise when it comes to weight loss. 
and it really isn't the be-all and end-all. You know, in terms of overall calorie burn, I go to the gym five days a week. I normally train between 45 minutes and an hour, yet my overall calorie burn, um, exercise, sorry, only makes up 8% of my overall calorie burn. So something, again, calories are king when it comes to weight loss. Anyone tells you different, they're lying to you. It doesn't mean everyone needs to track calories to lose weight or, you know, other coaches might use other methods to put you into a calorie deficit, but the basics will always be the basics. Um, so yeah, you know, and there's not many people that have got the time or are willing to dedicate enough time to go to the gym five days a week. So it really does make up a small fraction, but... When COVID hit and the world shut down and gyms were shut, every Tom, Dick and Harry were going for daily walks. Nothing stops us going for a walk. Please, I understand some people have mobility issues, some people have disabilities, I get that. right? Some people might have mental health issues that stops them going out and about. But still, even if you've got mental health issues that stop you going out and about, steps are steps. It doesn't matter how you get them in. It's what your fitness tracker says at the end of the day. So... You know, if you get your steps in from pacing up and down your living room, pacing up and down your drive, walking around your garden, or you get your steps in from going for a, a, an hour walk every day, or you get your steps in because you work behind a bar or as a waitress or in A&E or, you know, uh, a bin man, a postman, it, it doesn't matter. It's just what your watch says at the end of the day. And you know, 10,000 steps a day. It's a generic number and that doesn't need to be the target for everyone. The target will always be specific to your ability to move and your fitness levels and stuff like that. So when my clients come on board to my one-to-one -one plan, there is no exercise involved whatsoever, but I do give my clients a step progression plan uh, and that step progression plan is always relative to the individual. So yeah, do I get clients that currently average two to 3,000 steps a day? Yes, yeah, so that's where we start off and we build up to a manageable amount. Likewise, I get some clients that come on board that do seven, 8,000 steps a day and we might start off there and, and build up. But yeah, getting those steps in, if anyone, any adult that wants to lose weight consistently, if they can average 10,000 steps a day or their equivalent, right, they're going to have a decent calorie allowance to go at. Okay, so those are the two essentials for me. I'm not saying you have to be more responsible with your calories. I'm not saying you need to get your steps in. You do you. But trust me, for a healthy, sustainable calorie deficit, you know, I could have someone that doesn't want to move at all. They don't want to go and get steps in at all, right? And they burn 1,700 calories a day. I could put them on 1,200 calories a day. They're in a calorie deficit, right? We could put anyone into a calorie deficit, right? Just eat less than what you burn, you know? But if you're not willing to move more and you're only going to burn a small amount of calories, I'm sorry, you're going to have to eat a small amount of calories to lose weight. It's not the way I coach weight loss. I, I wouldn't coach weight loss, you know? I give people their calories based on an increase in, in movement. Again, it's always relative to them. It's up to them whether they decide to do that increase in movement or not. But for me, it's an essential so I'm sorry, if you're not willing to be more responsible with your calories and you're not willing to move more on a day-to-day -day basis, I will repeat a million times, move more on a day-to-day -day basis is relative to you. You know, someone that's 12 stone doing 10,000 steps a day is probably the equivalent of someone 25 stone doing 5,000 steps a day. Would I expect someone that's unfit, unhealthy, 
quite overweight or has any sort of mobility issue to do the same amount of steps as someone that is genuine or relatively fit and healthy, doesn't have any health issues whatsoever, and isn't that would be stupid, right? So it's always relative. But move more uh, and um, be more responsible with calories. Those are the essentials. Okay. How I coach weight loss is once I give my clients the essentials, which is their calorie allowance and their step progression plan to make sure that they're in this healthy, sustainable calorie deficit, I then coach support tools. Tools that you put into place on a day-to-day basis to help you stick to your deficit, to make it easier to stick to the calories I've given you, right? Or to help make it easier to be more responsible with your calorie intake or to move more on a day-to-day basis to create this healthy, sustainable calorie allowance, they're support tools. Support tools do not cause direct weight loss. So if you only do the support tools without consuming less calories than you burn, you ain't going to see any weight loss. And a lot of people do actually just do some of the support tools and expect the weight to fall off. And then they go, Neil, I've been doing this for six weeks. I've not lost any weight. Yeah, because you're not in a calorie deficit. Okay. So, I coach my client these support tools. And the support tools, I always say uh, a successful weight loss journey is built around lifestyle change, changing habits, right? And habits that should stick with you for the rest of your life. These support tools that I'm going to go through now are things you're not going to put into place just to lose your weight. They are still going to be put into place or, or kept in place after you hit your goal. Why? Because these things will help you stick to your calorie deficit. Once you hit your goal, you can then go into a calorie maintenance to maintain your weight loss, but you still need to keep these things in place to help you maintain your weight, to still stick to a healthy, sustainable calorie allowance. That calorie allowance, when you hit your goal, will be a calorie maintenance rather than a calorie deficit. But if you chalk the method in the bin, you're going to go back to old habits. And this is, again, a massive issue with fad diets. You know, you might sin your food for six months, then you stop sinning your food, you go back to old habits and you gain your weight back. Not on my watch. I coach a successful weight loss journey, not successful weight loss. You go to any, you know, your Slimming World, your Weight Watchers, you do any crazy fad diet like the ketogenic diet or intermittent fasting, you're going to lose weight. And I get loads of people on my social media going, well, you know, my sister's, auntie's, uncle's, brother's, cousin's budgie lost four stone on Slimming World, right? And I'm like, yeah, everyone will lose weight if they stick to Slimming World. Come back to me in 12 months' time and tell me where their weight is. Oh, well, they put it all back on and more. Exactly. Not on my watch. And if you keep these support tools in place, yeah, it's going to help you maintain your losses. Right, there's no particular order to these support tools, right? I have my own personal favourites, but you will end up with your own personal favourites if you work on building these into your lifestyle, okay? Um, Number one, so there's no particular order. Now, personally for me, I put all these support tools into place and I have done for a lot of years, yeah? Can you chuck them all in at once? No, maybe some people can. 
Sometimes it's a bit of slowly, slowly catching monkeys. So you might introduce a couple, then introduce a couple more. There's eight in total. Number one, again, no, no priority to this. I'm just going to reel them off. Uh, prioritizing sleep. It is so important. Why? Why is prioritizing sleep important on a weight loss journey? Whether you get a good night's sleep or not does not affect the amount of fat you lose. Again, that is just down to energy balance. But if you are tired constantly, that is a negative emotion, right? Which means you're going to find it harder to control your calories. Any negative emotions that are consistently in your life, if you're consistently stressed, if you're consistently tired, if you're consistently angry, consistently jealous, consistently scared, there's loads of different negative emotions. If you're an emotional eater, that is going to trigger emotion. And tiredness is a big trigger for emotional eating, right? So being tired, um, will make it harder to control your calories. Now, when I'm saying being tired, everyone should be tired late at night time. It's how the body works. You wake up in the morning, you feel nice and refreshed. And as the day goes on, you use up energy and you get more tired and then you go to sleep and you re-energize when you're asleep and then you wake up and crack on. I'm not saying you should never ever feel tired. I'm just saying, you know, if it's 10 o'clock in the morning and you're absolutely knackered, Every now and then that's going to happen, but try and prioritize sleep. Likewise, if you are feeling tired and drained all the time, you're not going to be inclined to go and get those steps in, right? When you finish work at nighttime, you're going to be more inclined to go and sit on the sofa than to get home, park the car up, drop your bags off, and then go, right, I'm going to get a 15-minute, 20-minute, half-an-hour walk in before tea. So prioritizing sleep. How do I prioritize sleep? I tend to have a little rule. I need between seven and eight hours sleep a night. As long as I get between, as long as I get seven hours, right? If it's any more than seven, it's a little bonus. I don't need any more than eight. So I like to get seven hours sleep. So basically what I do is I look at what time my um, alarm is going to go off in the morning or what time I need to be up in the morning. And I make sure my light is turned out eight hours before that. So if my alarm is six in the morning, Lights out at 10. If my alarm is 7 in the morning, lights out at 11. That simple. If I put the lights out at 11, I've probably, I've got an hour. So I definitely get, as long as I'm asleep by midnight, I'm going to get my seven hours sleep. Yeah. Now, there's other things to prioritize sleep. There's supplements you can take. Magnesium, zinc all helps with sleep. Um, you know, doing some regular exercise is great for sleep and this, that, and the other. But really... You know, if you're sat on your phone till two in the morning or you're sat watching telly till two in the morning, you're not prioritizing sleep. It, honestly, this will improve anyone's sleep pattern. Even if you're a bit stressed at the moment, even if you're overly tired, eight hours before you need to get up, make sure your light's out, right? If you need to be up at five in the morning, it's lights out at nine p.m. I haven't done the math, right? Yeah, lights out at 9 p.m., right? simple. Number two, water intake. Quality H2O. Again, being hydrated or drinking water does not cause fat loss, but water or being hydrated is a natural appetite suppressant in two ways. If you are hydrated, it keeps your hunger hormone ghrelin at bay, right? Number two, if you drink water, it takes up space in your stomach. You know, you go, oh, I'm hungry. And you'll be like, have a glass of water. Be ready in 20 minutes. She was absolutely spot on. Drink your glass of water. That's a bit sexist, that, isn't it, really? In this day and age, your mum only made your tea, but you know what I'm getting at. Your mum or dad is tea ready. 
right? It, um, um, have a glass of water, right? They were right. You drink a pint of water 20 minutes before your food. That water's still going to be sat in your stomach. And then when you eat your food and your food hits that water, it's going to make you feel full. Likewise, water is a natural um, energy booster, right? If you're nice and hydrated, I guarantee some of you, you might have had a good night's sleep. You've prioritized sleep. You have a good night's sleep, right? And at two o'clock in the afternoon, you sat at your desk and you go, I'm knackered. Don't know why. It's because you're dehydrated, right? A sign of being overly tired is dehydration. It's kind of your body telling you. The body can't really tell whether it's dehydrated or not unless you have a dry mouth. And in, you know, most of my followers, clients, people watching this are from the UK. But anyway, if you're in the Western world or you're in a developed country, it's very rare you will have a dry mouth. Um, so you can be dehydrated, you can be thirsty. And if you are thirsty, it triggers your hunger hormone ghrelin, but it makes you tired, right? Likewise, you're not going to be inclined to go and get that walk in at dinner time or that if your energy levels are low, hydration will boost your energy levels. So no direct impact on fat loss, but it's a support tool. Getting hydrated is going to make it easier to control calories. It's going to make it easier to move more on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, next one, exercise. I've already discussed this briefly. Exercise is not the be-all and end-all of weight loss. There's a lot of emphasis, emphasis on exercise and weight loss, and there really shouldn't be. Okay, again, the only thing that causes weight loss is consuming less calories than you burn. So the only direct thing that exercise does is it burns some calories and it doesn't burn that many calories. It doesn't matter what your fitness tracker says. You know, I've trained today in the gym. I don't know if I can get it up. Um, I think uh, oh, I've, I've done a bit of cardio and I've done a bit of weights in the gym, so I'm not quite sure what my set amount was. But, you know, my Apple Watch is 20 to 30% inaccurate. So if my Apple Watch after workout says I've done 500 calories, I've probably done 350. Um, so you don't burn that many calories exercising. So someone goes to the gym four days a week, uh, which is fantastic. I'm not saying don't exercise. Obviously, it's a support tool. Um, you go to the gym four days a week, you might burn, I don't know, 1,200 calories, right? Now, 1,200 calories might sound like a lot, but 1,200 calories is the equivalent of a third of body fat loss. That's it right, which is quite a small amount. I'm not saying it doesn't contribute towards your calorie, overall calorie burn, but if you go to the gym three times a week for an hour, which is quite hard for people to fit in, um, and you do 10,000 steps a day on average, your 10,000 steps a day on average will burn at least triple the amount of calories that going to the gym will burn. So why is exercise a support tool? Exercise is a support tool because it is fantastic for your physical and mental health, right? It is one of the best things for physical health and one of the best things for your mental health. If your mental health is tip top, it means your uh, or the amount of um, emotional eating you do is going to be limited or is going to be reduced, right? We, we, we emotionally eat due to negative mental health. So if I'm doing regular exercise and that improves my mental health, positive mental health, it's going to help with emotional eating. That in turn is certainly going to help with the amount of calories you consume or be more responsible with your calories. If your physical health is better, 
it's going to make doing the essential of getting steps in a lot easier. If you're fit and healthy, doing 10,000 steps a day is a doddle. It's an absolute doddle. You know, when I started my weight loss journey at 37 stone, doing 1,500 steps, I was on my bottom every day. Right? I found it really, really hard. Now I average 11,000 steps a day. I don't find it that easy because of my arthritis in my knees and my hip. But um, because, you know, I'm very rarely out of breath walking unless I'm walking at a really good pace. You know, I very rarely haven't got the energy to go and get a couple of walks in a day with the dogs or get my steps in or do my jobs around the house. And that's because I'm physically fit because I exercise on a regular basis. Okay, uh, next one. Number four, this is tracking calories. Loads of people always say to me on social media, if I do any post about tracking calories or I talk about on a live, do you need to track calories to lose weight? My honest answer is, and this is the reply they all get, you don't need to get on a plane to go from the UK to Spain, but it really helps. Why would you not do something that really helps? Again, it's like anything. If you do, if you track calories incorrectly, it's going to be a chore and you're going to struggle to be consistent. If you track calories correctly, the way I coach tracking calories, you're not going to find it a chore. And it's like anything. If you've never done it before, it's going to be, it might be a little bit overwhelming to start off with. It might be a little bit tough, just like, you know, the first time you started using Facebook or TikTok or a smartphone, you were probably a bit like, oh, what's going on here? But once you settle into it, it, it just becomes easier and easier. For me to track my calories a day takes no more. And I've been doing, I started tracking calories 2016. So I've been at it, what, nearly eight years. I dedicate no more than five minutes a day to tracking my calories. Why would I not have something in my regular lifestyle that helps me stay accountable and control my eating that takes less than five minutes a day? Why would I not do it? Yeah. So tracking calories. Now, tracking calories, does it help you move more on a day-to-day -day basis? No. Does it help you be more responsible with your calories? Massively. At the end of the day, as I've just said, you know, you burn so many calories, you get given a calorie allowance. If you get your calorie allowance from me, it's a healthy, sustainable calorie allowance. And by adding in what you eat, it keeps you in control of that. Neil's given me 2,100 calories a day. Uh, he recommends I eat about 1,800 calories Monday to Friday, and that gives me an extra bit of food freedom, and I stick this in my app, and it keeps me in control. It's your bank account. It's your bank account for your calories. You know, we all have online banking. You log into your bank account. You get paid at the uh, end of the month or the beginning of the month, and then all your bills go out, your rent, your mortgage, your council tax, your gas, your electric, your broadband, your phone, your car, whatever. all goes out, and you get to look at it, right? And that keeps you in control of your finances, or should hopefully keep you in control of your finances, you know. I earn X amount a month. My bills cost me this. My disposal income's this. Whenever I go to a shop or I go to, you know, out for a bit of a meal or I go and have a couple of pints in the pub, ping, 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 it logs on my bank account and it keeps me in control. That's all a calorie counting app is. It keeps you in control, you know. If you burn 14,000 calories a week and you log your food, so, you know, ingoings, outgoings, it's kind of the reverse of money. You, you want to spend more than you earn whereas with saving money you want to spend less than you earn but 
That's what it is. So tracking calories, that's number four. Number five, a healthy, balanced diet. I get a lot of comments on social media because, you know, every now and then I'll post a ready meal or I'll post a cheese slice or a protein shake from Aldi. And the assumption from that is that my entire diet is made up of processed food. Now, whether my entire diet was made up of processed food or not, this is probably another podcast here. Uh, look, at the end of the day, something we need to understand is the number one health issue in the world is obesity, right? Certainly in the Western world, in the UK and America, it is obesity. It is being overweight. So if someone's currently 30 stone with an unhealthy diet and they get down to 15 stone and they've still got an unhealthy diet, overall, they are still miles healthier, right? But anyway, processed food is not unhealthy as long as you consume it in the right moderation. Ultra processed food is only unhealthy if you over consume it. That's the same for anything. But guess what? Water will become toxic to the human body if you over consume it. The devil is always in the dose or the poison is always in the dose uh, is a saying. Now, a healthy, balanced diet is what I promote. I always promote an 80-20 split. And when my clients come on plan, they get given uh, the Real Loss Boss Weight Loss Foundation Guide. And in the Weight Loss Foundation Guide is the Real Loss Boss 80-20 split diet. And that's how I recommend my clients look at their overall diet for a balance of health and fueling their body correctly and nutrition, and then still being able to enjoy some of the foods that they love. But if you have an overall healthy, balanced diet, and part of that balance is having some cheesecake and pizza, because a healthy, balanced diet isn't just about being physically healthy, it's about being mentally healthy as well. So if you have a very restrictive diet, you just eat veggies and lean protein, yes, that is very, very healthy and nutrient-dense for the body, but it's going to be detrimental to mental health because you'll feel overly restricted and that you're missing out on things. Likewise, you know, eating a diet of food that lights your life up all the time and puts a massive smile on your face might in some ways be good for your mental health. It'll actually be very detrimental to your mental health because of the guilt and stress and anxiety of overeating. Um, but it'll also be detrimental to your physical health as well. So a healthy balanced diet to me, 80% of your diet should be healthy and nutritious. Now, what certain people class as healthy and nutritious and what other people class as healthy... You know, that's a bit of a contentious subject in a way, but I recommend most of your diet is made up of uh, lean proteins, um, complex fibrous carbs, fruits and veggies, low fat dairy and good fats, right? And the rest, 80% that, 20%, whatever you want, McDonald's, KFC, pizza. You eat like that, you're going to be really, really healthy. You're not going to feel overly restricted. Why is a healthy balanced diet great as a support tool um, or how does that help with um, being more responsible with your calories or doing more steps? Well, healthy balanced diet, obviously the healthier you eat, the lower calorie you're going to eat. So that helps you be more responsible with your calories. The healthier you eat, the more volume you're going to consume. So that stops you feeling hungry. So that's very good for your mental health. Uh, and the healthier your diet is, the more energy you're going to have. You eat nutrient dense foods, fruits, veggies, you know, lean proteins, um, low-fat dairies, you're going to get a really complete nutrient profile going into your body. And, you know, you're going to get all the essentials that the body needs to function properly. If you've got low energy at the moment, low motivation, low mood, there's a very good chance you've got a very poor diet. Improve your diet. 
you know, people always say to me, Neil, you're always so positive. You're so, yeah, because I have a healthy, balanced diet. I have a healthy, balanced lifestyle. It doesn't mean I don't eat pizza and I don't have the odd beer here and there. But overall, I exercise on a regular basis. I do a good amount of steps. And, you know, I get fruits, I get veggies, I get nutrient-dense food a lot of the time into my body. Right. These are support, these next two are support tools. They're kind of part of a healthy, balanced diet in a way, but uh, I've kind of separated them out. So number six, high-fiber diet. Right. So a diet high in fiber is satiating. It fills you up, right? Now, not only is it good for filling you up, why does diet? Uh, why does fiber fill you up? So why is a high fiber diet gonna fill you up? Because foods that contain a lot of fiber break down slower in the system. If they sit in your stomach longer, you're gonna be fuller longer. It's that simple. High fiber diet is also great for your digestion, great for your gut health and stuff like that. So get foods in that have plenty of fiber in them. Uh, berries, potatoes with the skin on, white or sweet, it doesn't matter, uh, whole grains, pulses, beans, things like that, um, apples, oranges, all have good amounts of fiber in them. Uh, number seven is a high protein diet. Again, protein is satiating. It is more filling than fiber. Right, fiber breaks down slowly in in the stomach. It's it's harder for the body to digest. Protein is even harder to digest than fiber. So again, if you have a high protein diet, if you eat a decent amount of protein with every meal or pretty much every time you eat, I always have a good amount of protein. You know, um, again, what you eat is going to sit in your system longer and is going to keep you fuller for longer. High fiber diet, high protein diet. That is six and seven on this list. If I've if I'm if I've said this right, I have got this list written down. By the way, if you if you're watching this as a video, and I keep looking to my left, uh, I've got this list uh, written down. So high fiber diet, high protein diet. Does that make you move more on a day to day basis? Yeah, it might do. It might energize you a little bit. But the big bonus of a high fiber, high protein diet is it will make you a lot more responsible with your calories. The fuller you are all the time, the more your appetite is suppressed the easier it is to control your calories. Really, really simple. Uh, and last but no least, uh, last but no least, last but not least, on this list, number eight is have some accountability and support, right? It's why, you know, when a company is run well and, and employees do well, it's because they have a good management structure, because they have someone to report to, they have accountability, they have someone to bounce off, someone to, to help guide them, right? Weight loss is no different. If you're trying to do this in the dark, it is going to be harder. How does having accountability and support help in terms of being more responsible with calories, well, you know, you might have a situation where you overeat one day. Well, if you're involved in a community, i.e. the Real Loss Boss or the Boss Your Weight Loss community, you know, you can sort of vent it out. You can say, oh, I've had a terrible day. I've overeaten my calories. Next thing, loads of other people in the community go, don't worry about it. It's fine. Draw a line. You know, if you're on my one-to-one -one plan, you might, I've had a WhatsApp this morning. Neil, I've absolutely blown my calories. Uh, I've, I feel like I've binged Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, and, you know, I kind of got back on track yesterday. I felt like I needed to tell you. And, you know, and I'm responding to that client. Look, it's going to happen. We're trying to cure a food addiction. So having that extra support to put your mind at ease, to ask questions, 
just to have a little shoulder there leaning on you, making sure, you know, you're staying on track, making sure you're, you're doing things right is really, really important. When I started my weight loss journey, my accountability and support was going to the gym, really. I was very vocal and I was always talking about what I was doing weight loss-wise. And I was very like, I'm going to smash this journey. That kept me accountable. And because I got involved in the gym and I was talking to people that were more healthier than I was, it kept me on track and it was a good support tool. And I'm not saying you need that from the gym. Like I said, you can get it from anywhere. So one thing I always say about Slimming World, why I think it's... Uh, one positive in Slimming World is I do like the community of it. And that's why I've tried to create the Boss Your Weight Loss or the Real Loss Boss community to give people that that support network to feel like they're not alone because we're not alone. Okay, so I'm not saying you have to come and join my community. I'm not saying you have to use me as a coach. I'm honestly not saying that. Find your own support network. It could be your best mate. Right. It could be a parent. It could be your sister or your brother. Right. It could be a work colleague. It, it could be a, a gym environment. It could be another weight loss coach that you that you that you're currently working with. But try and have some accountability and support. My accountability and support now is you guys. Right. I'll never be a hypocritical coach. All these support tools that I'm telling you to put into place. I do myself on a day to day basis. Right. And when I go on lives and when I do this and when I do that, if you followed me around for a day, what you get, what you would see is what I talk about because you're my accountability and support. I can't have people going, oh, you know, that weight loss coach that says you need to track your calories, you need to exercise. He's an absolute slob. He doesn't do anything. He just sits on his bum all day watching Netflix and uh, he only manages to maintain his weight because he drinks flipping um, slim fast shakes all day. Right. Or he's taking this or he's doing that. Or he's doing the other. No nonsense. You're my accountability and support. So make sure you've got some accountability and support. If you need some accountability and support, you don't know where to turn to. Of course, you know, you might just find watching my podcast is enough accountability and support. But if you feel you need a little bit extra, come join my community. It's five pounds for the first month using code welcome. If you feel you need a bit extra than that, then come on one to one plan and you'll have me by your side guiding you on your weight loss journey to hit your weight loss goal. And all these support tools that I've been talking about, I will teach you how to implement them into your lifestyle. There we go. That's it for today uh, and this episode. So that is support tools for your weight loss journey. Weight loss is tough, right? It will never be easy. But if you put the support tools in that I've just talked about, alongside a healthy, sustainable calorie allowance that's putting you into a deficit, you will find weight loss easier, not easy, but easier than you have ever found it previously when you've attempted to lose weight. Okay, guys, uh, as always, thank you very much for, for watching, stroke listening. Um, I'll put all the links to my bits and pieces in the description. Any comments, any questions, please get them in there. As always, a like, a subscribe, tell your friend uh, about The Real Loss Boss. That'd be fantastic. Any support from you guys is massively, massively appreciated and it allows me to keep doing what I do. And as always, until the next podcast, make sure you boss your weight loss. <laughs>